Hey BBs, welcome to this week's episode of the Burn Black Audio Zine. How are you guys doing? I'm actually in the greatest spirits I've been in a really long time. I feel so good, and it's not like manic good. It's like genuinely comfort, warm blanket. I feel good. It feels like a hot shower, which for me is pretty great. <laughs> um, I feel like I had a lot of hype for the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. I was really scared and anxious for a while, but I think I've really been doing the work and I'm really starting to see the fruits of my labor and the other day I was cooking dinner for myself a little bit too late and I was in my kitchen and I just like noticed a little skip in my step and I was dancing and I didn't even realize it I was just kind of like fooling around I'm living alone you know chilling and um I just realized that one of the main reasons I'm so happy is because for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm living very authentically to who I am. I don't have any sort of secrets that I feel like I'm hiding from myself. I have accepted who I am. I just feel a great amount of self-love and self-nurture and I'm really proud of myself for the work that I've been doing. And I'm letting go of a lot of the guilt and the anxiety that I used to feel. And I know that my trauma doesn't just go away. But I feel like I'm really feeling the process of healing within me. And now I'm able to nurture the people that I love a lot more. And it's... What's that phrase? Um, When the... uh, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I feel like I'm finally becoming the teacher in a lot of ways instead of the student, and that feels really good. Um, I have accepted myself as my own authority figure, and so maybe that's what this Saturn-Pluto conjunction is for me. And I'm just feeling really good. I'm really excited about this week's episode. I, um, I'm talking about zines this week. I'm going back to my roots and okay, so I got to go to Wasted Ink Zine Distro when I was on tour and it is just like this magical garden of a place in Phoenix that it just really couldn't exist anywhere else. There's an Airbnb there that's like an airstream with an outdoor shower, which I freaking love. I hope to like one day be able to go out there with my sister and have a really nice time. Um, They have like a little secret garden where you can sit in an area outside for shows or if people want to do zine readings and then there's an art gallery and like a zine library and bookstore as well. And Carissa Lucille is their owner, and they are just a fabulous person. Um, They've just really, truly been a friend to me the last few years, and I wanted to have them on the audio zine to talk about the healing power of zines with me. So we talked today a little bit about that. So I'm excited to bring you that conversation. And, you know, Barry and a few other people contributed, and you'll hear them throughout the episode. So let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode. Have a seat. If you're laying in bed, 
take a good stretch. We're about to get we're about to get down to business here at the Burn Black Expo. Okay, all right, guys. Hey, how's the weather in Arizona? It's actually been pretty beautiful lately. We've had clear skies, but I think we're headed for rain here pretty soon. Does it like what is the weather like normally this time of year? Is it usually pretty hot or do you get like cool weather? Um, it gets pretty cool. Um, we have some freeze warnings on our plants and stuff like that. Um, it's you know, we only get to bundle up like six weeks out of the year, so we try to take advantage of that. <laughs> pretty awesome. So climate change not really affecting Arizona or. Um, I would say that all the trees are pretty confused right now because it is warmer than it should be. And the summers are becoming more unbearable. And uh, we're seeing weather patterns that are more unpredictable. So I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that you're staying warm and you're staying sane. Um, we're talking today a little bit about how we use zines for our sanity and to help with mental health and to help with our creative process so I'm curious what was your first zine how did you come into the zine world um what what really attracted you to making zines I think it all started when I was in my last semester of journalism college um I really didn't feel like I belonged in that type of writing and I was looking for other ways to have my voice heard. And that's when I discovered the world of zines and began writing specifically um, feminist topics and publishing my first zine called Fem Static, which was short for Feminism Static. That's awesome. I actually copy of that zine so beautiful oh really that was way back in 2014 so it's been a few years yeah I think that was how we met you gave me that zine and I took it home and I I just I remember the artwork was really cool it was like a human body on the cover um so when did you start you also do photography when did you start having an interest in art and how did that manifest into healing work um like and mental health work like you did this the uh zine I've talked about that this on this podcast before but you did a zine that has body scans and so people could take them to their doctor <laughs> so I'm a little curious like how did it shift from just being creative work into trying to do more political or things work or things that like help navigate a community a little bit more <laughs> Sure. I think, um, let's see. Well, I started shooting photos when I was very young um, and had very little professional or academic um, education as far as photography goes, but I kind of learned everything I know on my own. Um, and I've always photographed everything in my life, even when it seems mundane or like it doesn't matter. I take a lot of pictures of everything. Uh, I think that part of that is the journalistic side of me that needs to document everything, even though I don't know why. But um, I think my zine focus began to shift when I started taking a closer look at my own health and realizing that, you know, there are aspects of my own life that I had been putting to the side or ignoring or not prioritizing. And so I made the zine where you can take maybe three minutes and color your body chart, circle your moods, write down your medication and your meals for the day, and kind of track your body without using an app or going online or anything like that. Um, because I want, I needed a resource like that. And I couldn't find one that didn't seem cumbersome or overwhelming. Um, I needed it to be very quick and mobile. 
without internet, <laughs> without my phone. So um, I've seen a few different resources pop up since then that have been really helpful. And I've actually been really wanting to remake that. Um, it's called a chapter book of just like a body tracker and a mind tracker. Um, I wanted to remake it and add a few things just because that's what I need as a resource right now. Yeah. I feel like the best things come from looking around. You don't see anybody else with your voice or your specific niche. And then it's so great that we have things like, you know, zines or for the, for that instance, like podcasts, which are basically virtual audio zines to create a whole new world. There's something really magical about zine culture that I appreciate. I feel like it's also opened the doors to the idea of community, people like you that I've met through that community, um, community spaces such as Wasted Ink that you curated. And then it's also this great thing that comes from punk, which is like the trading and getting to know people and their innermost thoughts. Like a lot of zines, especially we call them per zines, personal zines, are like reading the pages of someone's diary so it's like this very intimate world as well and I just really appreciate Wasted Ink for creating a, an actual physical landmark and a physical space for things like that can you talk a little bit about how you created that um, Wasted Ink how I mean you definitely had a move um, this new I visited your new location. It, it, it It's amazing. There's like, almost like a, a secret garden and it, it, it's like an experience. Like it, it feels like you stepped into a magical world in the middle of the desert. So I'm just curious what that process was like. How did you get it to be so magical? Was it, or did it just end up being that way? Was it kismet? Well, it was... It was 2015, I believe. And, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't sleep at night because I kept thinking about having a zine distro and having a place to distribute zines physically, whether it was paired with a coffee shop or is, do we, do I partner with a bookshop or do I open up my own place? Like I, I was just, like up at night trying to figure out how to make this even happen. Um, and I will say that when I was much, much younger years ago, I was a bit naive. Um, I just thought like, oh yeah, well, give us a try. Like, let's see how it happens. And we started with 30 vendors that we represent at Wasted Ink. And, um, now we represent over 200 worldwide, which was quite an exceptional experience of growth. Um, we started off in this like weird strip mall <laughs> next to like some um, ambulance companies and um, like emergency transport vehicles. It was very odd and uh, homegrown. Every piece of furniture has been donated or goodwill finds. Um, everything is literally from the ground up. There is no business loans or anything like that involved in the distro. Um and even before our first year hit, we found out that our building was being demolished. So we had to scramble to find a place to keep this going. And that was when we moved to the Hive where Wasted Ink is located now. And the Hive is a art enclave with coffee shop, um, a couple of different clothing stores like resale boutiques, um, a clothing boutique or a jewelry boutique an art gallery, um, a courtyard space with a stage, as well as a cactus garden and Airbnb in the back. There's also a plant nursery now in the back, which is just so beautiful. Uh, it is clearly one of magical places. And so yeah. it just, it's, it really is an experience. If anyone is listening, like get an Airbnb in their little Airstream. You will not it's adorable. And the space is really, I think, what has provided the foundation for Wasted Ink to really grow because 
we are able to use the space for workshops with teens and youth. Um, we're able to host poetry workshops. We're able to host open mics and zine readings um, in the space itself. So that's what we really wanted was a space to call home and a space to build the community that we really needed in Phoenix. Um, and trust me when I say that this isn't a project that I work on by myself at all. There's many volunteers um, just like myself who help behind the scenes, whether it's answering emails or um, reaching out to zine creators, um, sitting and actually manning the womaning, well, personing the shop. Um, there's a lot of hands on deck to make WISD as special and magical and operational as it can be. So it is kismet in a way. It was not planned. That's so special. I love that. I had definitely hoped to build something big. Um, and I think when I was younger, I didn't understand how to handle such exponential growth. And I said yes to almost everything that came into my inbox. And now I take things a little slower, I plan things out a little better because I still, all of us have full-time jobs on top of the work we do with Wasted Inc. and the Phoenix Zine Fest. So it's a very delicate balance, but um, yeah, we all work really well now. And, you know, we're in our fifth year now and I'm just happy that Phoenix has a zine distro and a physical space to represent the work that's here and work from all over the world. That's amazing. So I want to talk um, a little bit more about healing elements. Um, so for anyone who is new and ha doesn't even know how a zine works, how to put one together, can you talk a little bit about, A, what is a zine to you? And B, how can it be used in some sort of healing practice? What are some of the ways that you've seen zines come into the store that have a healing element? And what do you personally like to create? I see zines as physical, tangible documents that exist outside of online world. Obviously, people use social media, websites, um, selling platforms like Etsy, things like that to distribute their work. But zines are special to me because they are tangible. They're physical. Um, they also exist outside of traditional forms of publication. So they're not a blog. They're not a... Mm, piece of news online they're they're this completely different genre and the variety of content that lives within zines is vast you know you see photography poetry essays um, personal writings like in per zines um, educational zines about any topic under the sun thank thankfully so zines are very special because they are so different and it, they are independent. They're self-published. They have small circulation numbers, maybe not even, not even small, very, very small circulation numbers. Um, sometimes they're written by one individual. Sometimes they're collaborative pieces. The, the variety can go list can go on and on because they are just so different than anything I've seen. Um, they also have a really, really rich and deep history, and that's like a whole nother topic, but um, zines go back to the 1940s, 1960s, maybe even earlier, um, but they've always had like a bit of political element to them. They've always been pamphlets that have a movement behind them that, you know, the zines themselves or the pamphlets are passed, and uh, the power of the press and the power of paper, the power of ink it's uh, it's really shaped our whole world and in the United States and many activist movements within our countries. Yeah, it's pretty powerful I stuff. Love of no rules, like mm -hmm. I love zines for that reason because your creativity can really flourish. Like it sounds so silly, but one of my favorite zines came from my friend Mike Conway, and it is made 
completely out of toilet paper. <laughs> and I think it's so creative. And there's actual drawings and stuff on it. So wow. there's literally no rules. That's like one of my favorite things about zines is it can be very political. It can be very educational. It can be very personal, but mm-hmm. it also can just be art, you know, like what is this, what qualifies as a zine is so subjective and I love I love that sort of gray area me too as for the healing elements um I think I'm always surprised to see who crosses the threshold at, at Wasted Ink and who finds us because they they they're there because they're looking for something or maybe they stumbled in without a clue but (laughs) the majority of the time is people who are there because they want to connect with another person and I think zines tend to be the catalyst between people and the connection tool between people so that you can experience that connection with another human that you might not get through Facebook or a blog or even texting some with someone it's um it's much more personal, I think, than that. I and know. so I think it comes in with different wounds and experiences. And I think they're searching for within these zines. And whether it's an educational zine about, you know, we have zines right now about, you know, being fat and disabled. We have zines about Crohn's. We have zines about um, endometriosis, um, diabetes, Asperger's, like, all these different human things that go on, there's zines where people are talking about them very plainly, um, just trying to connect with others. Zines about trauma as well. That's a big category. So um, one of my favorite zines is called uh, TNA by Kayla Rosen, and it's about uh, transitioning and attractiveness. So there's a lot in zines that can be healing. And I think the biggest part of that is that through connecting with others about topics and things we're going through, that is what provides the healing. Yeah. I think one of the authentic parts about punk rock to me is, like I said earlier, kind of like the trading of tapes and or cassettes mm-hmm. or, and it, and it, and zines have it are their own even more personal way of connecting as well. And so I think you're absolutely right. We go to zines because we want to find a deep connection or we want to find this specific thing that we are struggling with. And a lot of bookstores, a lot of uh, what's on television isn't so specific, but zines can get incredibly specific. And when you get specific, you get very personal and then you get connection and that's intimacy. So in a weird way, I love this as a currency of intimacy zines mm-hmm. so, <laughs> um can you tell me a little bit about the zines that you feel maybe speak to you in that sort of way the ones that you super connect with the ones you felt that you personally have found healing and then if possible can you recommend where they can purchase that zine yeah i think um let's see One of my, one of, you know, I ca- I always have zines in my backpack because I'm always reading whatever's come in recently or whatever's in my library. I just have a constant um, stack of zines that I'm reading. But one of the ones that I was reading in an airport once and I had to like realize like, oh, I'm crying in public right now because of this zine. And it was one of Electra Johnson's zines. It's a personal zine. Um, I I don't recall the title, but um, it was just so beautiful and about being young and in San Francisco. And I think it describes the instance of, you know, they started their period out of the blue and just dealing with homelessness. And um, I hope I'm recalling that correctly, but it was just it felt so nice to just feel less alone and I think what you talked about, you know, some people go into bookstores or, and seek material that way. But even books I find are sometimes hard for me to read because they're too polished. They're too edited. They're, they seem formulaic, whereas zines are um, 
little less edited and a little less formulaic and um, more personal and kind of all over the place. And I, I appreciate that much more than uh, some of the polished material that you can find anywhere. Definitely. I think there's this Comet Bus line where he says something to the degree of um, no one runs to read your diary unless it's particularly juicy. I think <laughs> it's call to arms that he did and I love Comet Bus but I like could not disagree more I just want to read everyone's journals because I'm just so fascinated by how the mind thinks and I'm not always necessarily looking to connect sometimes I'm looking to think outside of myself and how other people think outside of myself and that's educational to me and of value and like you said when when we tend to self-edit um then you're not getting that real raw sense of what someone feels. Again, something I love about zines (laughs) is often people will ask me what my favorite zine is. And, you know, there are ones that are very well-crafted and put together. um, But sometimes I, I really appreciate someone's first zine that maybe is stapled incorrectly um isn't the most beautiful but you can tell there's like a real urge to connect and to make something that is really authentic and I think that people's first work is oftentimes unedited and so much more vulnerable and that's that's something real that's something I look for in intimacy that's something I look for in writing and and like shitty zines, that that's my juice. That is that is like totally what I love. <laughs> Same here. Mm-hmm. I see I see all zines of all different styles and types and sizes and um, <laughs> yeah, I I really get excited when someone comes in and says, "Okay, like I made my first one," and they're you can tell they're nervous and like uh, that was me. So. <laughs> just a few years ago um and a few zines ago but you know now it just matters so much that they took that leap and that they actually published something that they're proud of um all on their own so that's very exciting there's something exciting about the process of making a zine too where it's I mean at least for me my process is always like I don't know where it's going I might have like an idea in my head of what I want it to look like but it's it never ends up that way so it's the process of like cutting things out and pasting them and then also working on my words but then there's a a certain thrill if you're a real nerd like the two of us where you take it to the photocopier and you see the finished product and you smell it and it's an experience Mm -hmm. like that smell of a photocopier is like maybe the sexiest thing in the world to me do you what what does it feel like in your body when you make a new piece of art or a new zine like that is that is so interesting to me and specific oftentimes with the photo series that I work on I am putting together images that are similar but I don't know yet what they're trying to say and what the point is and what's the overarching theme. I'm just like kind of in the dark, uh, just moving these pieces together. And then eventually it clicks and I see the theme and I understand myself better and why I made these images and why they fit together. And that usually feels like a big aha moment. Um, And that's usually how I have to work. It's as if my intuition is leading me blindly and then my brain catches up somewhere and logistically it all falls together. It is not a perfect process, (laughs) but um, it happens more frequently than I would like, but um, it definitely, I don't go in with an idea and then execute it. And when I try to force that, it usually doesn't, I have no inspiration. I have no motivation to finish it. With the zines, you know, talking about healing, I'm working on a personal zine myself that has to do with um, EMDR therapy as well as childhood trauma and chronic illness. And again, I'm trying to like start this off with an idea and trying to do it very logically, but it's 
turned into some sort of like memoir thing. And I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to do here. So I have to take it back to the bits and pieces and start over, I think, um, with more of that intuition guiding me instead of the um, outcome that I'm focusing on so heavily. So that's why it's taken so long. But (laughs) I have to take it back down to the bones and restart a little bit. That's okay. It's all your process. Thank you so much for talking to us about zines today. So I guess my next question is if someone's listening to this and they've never made a zine before, where to start? How to begin? What are your what is your best advice? I think my best advice would be to type in the word zine into your Google device because My best guess is that there's a zine distro near you or people making zines near you. And you might have to do some digging on that Google, but they're there. And um, it took me such a long time to find my community because we're zinesters. We're all spread out underground working on our own projects. And uh, I wanted to kind of revive that. I don't know, people talk about the zine community in the in the 1990s and the 2000s, and it was really a strong bonded community. Now everyone's spread out and doing their own thing on Instagram and things, but I want people to get together. And I think that that desire is pushing people to do so. So you just have to find the people in your city doing the things. Um, and if there is absolutely nothing, start your own if you feel inclined to. (laughs) There's zine templates. If you Google zine templates, there's a bunch of different websites. I can even put them in the show notes too. um, If anyone is interested or you can DM me and you can just, and it'll have like all the page numbers. So you'll know exactly when you take it to the photocopier, how to put it together. I think that's the biggest question that I Mm -hmm. get is how do I make it in order and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, in fact, even tomorrow, I, I'm, I'll meet with anyone who wants, who has questions about zines, but that's a similar, yeah, I get asked that question all the time, like about how do I lay it out? Yeah. <laughs> and what tools do I use to actually make the thing? And I'll say this right now, everything I know is because of YouTube and people who have shared their knowledge and experience um, on YouTube. So, I mean, I watch all anything I want to know, I look it up on YouTube. (laughs) But um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of resources um, out there. And I don't even know if they've been around that long. So I remember in 2014, when I started zines, it was like, I was, I still go down these holes of um, reading uh, forums from the 2000s about zines and that that helps provide insight. And um, still trying to make connections from those forums, like, Hello, is this your email still? Like, are you a person (laughs) that's still making zines? But um, there's a lot of information out there. You just got to dig for it. Um, I remember in the 90s, my friend Jenny and I talk about this a lot, but Weezer had a zine. It was called the Weezine. (laughs) And, (laughs) And, you know, back then, you fan clubs and things like that had to communicate that way if they wanted to be direct with their fans and Weezer was one of the bands that did that and Rivers would always write like when he was in when he was going to Harvard he would write like letters from Harvard to his friend to his fan (laughs) stuff like that and then you know they would mail them out and I think that that's so cool that's stuff bands need to start doing I remember like reading I think it was in maybe Rolling Stone or something. I remember reading that towards the end of his life, Cobain wanted to make his own zine because he was sick of people talking about him in the media and he wanted to have like a direct connection with his fans and make his own zine. And I just wish that more people did that. I guess Instagram sort of replaced that so they can have a dialogue. But like you said, I love something tangible. I agree. That's what makes Zine special. Totally. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. If somebody wants to visit Wasted Ink, can you let them know how they can either visit or find you guys online? 
Sure. So our distro is open every single Saturday and Sunday of the year from 11 to 4 p.m. We also have a, an extensive online zine store with, I think it's like 170 different zines available for purchase, and we do ship internationally. Um, and uh, you can visit us online at www.wizd-az.com. And we're also all over the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So all the good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I hope you have a good afternoon. Oh, yes, you too. Thanks for talking. Bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Erica, and I'm going to tell you how to make a zine. The first thing you want to do is get at least one piece of blank paper. You can start with the zine made from one page or use multiple sheets of paper. Some popular zine sizes are half size, quarter size, and eighth size. Once you've made your master copy, or flat as we call it, you can choose to photocopy and distribute your zine to independent book and comic shops, online distros, at zine fairs. Some popular topics for zines are politics, music, autobio comics, and perzines. You can decorate zines however you like. Some popular ways are collage, drawings, stamps, and photographs. Zines can be as simple or as complicated as you want them to be. For visual guides, look up one-page zines or the size of zine you want to make. Stolen Sharpie Revolution is a great book you can get by Alex Reck that has loads of useful info about zine making. In closing, I wanted to bring to your attention the Midwest Perzine Fest, who are halfway to a very modest GoFundMe goal to put on their inaugural zine fest. Thanks! confession. I'm kind of obsessed with vintage lingerie and I have been pretty much my whole life. Which sounds kind of weird to say but I also grew up obsessed with Courtney Love and her style was so informative to my own personal style since I was a child. I love slips, I love teddies, I love taking the pinup girl style and making it my own. And when I'm looking for good vintage lingerie, Bride of the Fox has my back. They are a store located in Roanoke, Virginia, but they have an online presence so you can shop online too. And you can find them on Instagram at Bride of the Fox. They have great items all the way from 1915 to the 1990s. Right now I'm kind of obsessed with this teddy that they have. It's like kind of beige and beautiful and silk, but what I really love is that it has a 40 inch bust and it's so hard to find lingerie that's like good for someone who's kind of top heavy like me. So if you're also into vintage lingerie, you should go right now at Bride of the Fox on Instagram and you can check out their Etsy store. Some of their stuff is also on Instagram. And if you do live in Virginia, go to their in-person store. They even have private appointments. And now, Burn Black presents the Burn Black Book Club. Say that five times fast. classic moment in The Sun Also Rises, when someone asks Mike Campbell how he went bankrupt. All he can say is, gradually, then suddenly. That's how depression hits. You wake up one morning afraid that you're going to live. So I wanted to do something a little bit different this week. Usually I recommend a self-development book or a self-help book and this week I am recommending a series of memoirs and essays. I recently found out uh, that my favorite writer Elizabeth Wurzel passed away this week and you know I as an empath especially when I have a special connection to a celebrity get really sad and affected but 
this one just really devastated me this week. I was 12 when I was first hospitalized, and uh, my father, who would die less than a year later, brought me Elizabeth Wurzel's book, Prozac Nation, to the hospital. I remember there was some debate whether it was appropriate reading material, but considering I was a 12-year-old in a hospital for depression, and I wanted to read a book about another woman surviving depression, I think it was pretty damn appropriate because it became the first book that I really related to, and it also gave me something to aspire to be. Elizabeth wasn't just an amazing writer. She was a Harvard graduate, and she had a beautiful way of making comparisons to pop culture, to mental illness, to make people understand it. Does that sound familiar? (sighs) The world really lost a talent this week. After Prozac Nation, Elizabeth put out a series of essays called Bitch in Praise of Difficult Women, where she wrote about my hero, Courtney Love. In between the successes of that book and her next book, she was put on a deadline and she moved to Florida to go write. And it was the early 2000s. A therapist gave her a prescription for Ritalin so she could stay focused. But the Ritalin actually made her get addicted to speed. And she writes about this in my favorite book, More Now Again, which I recommend. It's a memoir of addiction, this period of time, and the dangers of what happens when you are given Ritalin when you don't necessarily need it. Now we know this all too well, but in the early 2000s, that was quite controversial. She was truly ahead of her time, a great talent. She spoke so beautifully about mental health, about depression. She really talked about all of the things that are really scary to talk about. There's this part in More Now Again where she talks about skin picking. And it's disgusting. I mean, it is what it is. But it's honest and it's raw and it's real. And it's something that I could relate to. She sucks you into her world with her writing. Beautiful soul. Leo sun, Gemini moon, Libra rising. I recommend all of her work this week. I want to share this quote from Prozac Nation that I think is really beautiful, so I'm going to leave you this week with that. That's the thing I want to make clear about depression. It's got nothing to do with life. In the course of life, there is sadness and pain and sorrow, all of which in their right time and season are normal, unpleasant, but normal. Depression is an altogether different zone because it involves a complete absence. Absence of affect, absence of feeling, absence of response, absence of interest. The pain that you feel in the course of a major clinical depression is an attempt on nature's part to fill an empty space. But for all intents and purposes, the deeply depressed are just the walking dead. And that is the scariest part if you ask anyone in the throes of depression how he got there. To pin down the turning point, he'll never know. There is a classic moment in The Sun Also Rises when someone asks Mike Campbell how he went bankrupt. And all he can say in response is, gradually and then suddenly. When someone asks how I lost my mind, that is all I can say too. Rest in peace, Elizabeth. The world will fucking miss you. And now for the self-care tip of the week. 
My name is Barry. I do a podcast called Generic Insight, and this is my self-care tip of the week. I have a dog, and I find that when I'm in the midst of a meltdown or I need something to calm me down, I like to go sit in a quiet room, and if my dog is around, I will uh, not literally grab her, but I'll make sure she comes over to me, and I'll start petting her, making sure I feel her soft fur, and... She's a licker, so she likes to lick a lot. And I find that just having an animal's breath and a warm body next to me is very soothing. And animals are good. They pick up on your stress as well. So if you're stressed, then they're stressed, usually. And it took me a long time for me to learn that. So if you have a companion animal of some kind that... Enjoys to be touched or pet because just keep in mind not all animals want that and it also depends on their demeanor and their mood. Make sure you go and give them some love too because animals need your love just as much as you need theirs. So I hope that that helps. That's my self-care tip of the week. So I wanted to give a little bit of an update on last week's episode where Sarah and I were discussing our experience living in a residential treatment facility in Pennsylvania. And uh, I got a few messages from you guys and I really, really, really appreciate you guys reaching out. I, uh, I just started feeling comfortable telling this story because... I feel like there are so many misconceptions about me. I need to start advocating for myself, especially as a person on the autism spectrum. I need to advocate for myself. And so I am just now starting to get comfortable telling my full story. I've been writing about it for quite some time, but um, I've only shared that with close personal friends. So, And even that, it felt a little blocked in some ways because some of that requires you know being honest with yourself and sometimes as an Aquarius moon I have tendency to be detached from my trauma where I can speak about it and it's like words are coming out of my mouth but it's not attaching to my brain and Um, I think that 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 is post-traumatic stress, you know, and that is what it's like for a lot of people, so I'm sharing that, but um, I did want to give you a little update that, uh, ironically, another person who went to the same facility randomly, unrelated, reached out to Sarah last week, and they started sharing their own stories about what happened all those years ago and then they dropped on Sarah that I guess that there is a reporter with the Philadelphia Inquirer who just recently broke a story about a similar incident at another school a prestigious school that was literally down the street from ours and a lot of violence and they were trying to do an investigative story on the place that we attended and so I just think that I've been hearing like themes of 2001 are going to be present this year and it seems like there might be a little bit of justice going on for the things that I experienced that I felt like I was gaslit about. It was pretty powerful because I got to actually talk about it a little bit with my sister and my sister is like I said if you've been following this podcast for a while, she is, you know, 19 years older than me. So in a lot of ways, my sister had to play the role of a parent to me. Though she had no say for me being in that place, she did visit me there. And we distinctly both remember it really upset her because I was so overly medicated against my will while I was there that I wasn't even able to feed myself because I was shaking so much. And it's just, I, I've, I've explained to her how I feel like my experience there, and maybe again, this is just trauma, but like I feel like slower, like my brain doesn't move as fast as it used to. And I definitely feel like I'm a different person as a result of that, like on a chemical, physical level. 
and we all know that trauma does affect our bodies and our nervous systems and I just I I instinctually knew that leaving that place uh, all those years ago that I was just always going to be a very different person and I felt it and so trauma is really real so uh, I don't know what's going to happen I don't know if uh, Sarah will speak with this reporter I don't know if uh, there'll be a story about this place I hope people are held accountable because I do think it's disgusting that you know grown men were carrying on relationships with people who had mental illness problems and were underage and in a very very vulnerable position so yes I hope that there's some accountability there but we will see um it's tough watching the news and seeing the way that a lot of these court cases are going these men are being brought to justice people are aware of the violence they are it was all hidden in plain sight for so many people for years but even in the the process of the justice system these men are still not being held accountable at all and that's tough for us that's tough uh to watch and you know i don't i don't know what's going to happen it seems like we're in a really critical moment right now in history um how can people know something but then not do anything this seems to be a question that is going off in my head repeatedly the last couple of years and I think it is for a lot of people even just thinking about like the R. Kelly documentary and how how as a culture people watched that sex tape and they made jokes about it it was on the Chappelle show um it became a part of our culture but these are young women being abused in plain sight and we don't do anything so there needs to be conversations about that and uh thank you guys for allowing me to create space for that and tell my own story and to try to be present for you guys as well so who knows what the future brings saturn and pluto guide us um i love you guys and i just want to give you an update and i'll make more updates as things evolve i suppose i just want to thank everybody for contributing to this amazing episode and i appreciate all of you guys keep contributing keep sending me messages um if you have a segment that you would like to hear about if you have a diagnosis you would like to talk about if you have a self-care tip that you want to recommend just message me i just want to create space for you guys and help everyone (laughs) so here's to making zines here's to the next couple months of winter seeing what the future has to hold and you know we'll see you guys next week i love you take care of yourself be good to yourself and stay warm burn black.